See this episode's show notes for our unique promo code to get up to two months of free podcasting service with Libsyn when you sign up for a new account. Get your show on Apple and Spotify. Get helpful stats and all the support you need to sound your very best. Hey everyone, this is Phil and Lola of the Capes and Lunatics podcast. You're listening to Into the Night, the the Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 319. You are with one of your high priests of Conchu, Ray. Hello, everybody. Uh, and for a, a very different segment, well, when I say different, it's a, it's a regular segment. Uh, I've got a a new co-host, uh, guest co-host, to join me on a, a very different comic. Um, so I want to give a, a huge welcome to Carla Torres. Carla, welcome. Oh, thanks. Thank you. It's good to be here. Excellent. Excellent. And um, yeah, Carla is um, a, a Black Panther fan. Uh, and I thought it would, it would be very apt, of course, to have Carla on the show to chat about a moonwalk that we're doing claws of the panther volume one issue four now for those of you that may be scratching your heads and going what that ray have you gone totally bonkers yes it is a moonwalk so as i i love to explain every time we do a moonwalk it's moon night but not in his run uh hence moonwalk <laughs> um uh, and this time we do have moon night ap- appearing in uh claws of the panther uh from 2010 so Carla and I will, will look at that, uh, but of course, a huge thank you first and foremost to all our Patronis. Thank you so much for your uh, support for the show. A huge thanks to Odin Odinsword, Mario uh, Giacomo, Daniel Doing, and a big thanks to returning Frank the Think Tank. Uh, thanks, Frank, for uh, returning with your patronage and as a new Moon Knight tier Patreon member. So a huge thank you there. Uh, also, CLZ Comics and Dreamland Comics from Schoenberg, Illinois. Now, before we get into anything um, news-wise and such, I wanted to welcome you, Color, obviously, first. Um, but for those well, moonies you. that, yeah, may may want to know a bit more about you, uh, tell us about yourself. How did you get into comics? Uh, and in particular, I guess your Black Panther fandom. Okay, so my uh, journey to comics started about when the probably about the '90s when the I first started at the an, X Men animated series, and I was I, was, I don't know if you're uh, you sound like you're from Australia or have a Australian accent. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm from Sydney. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, yeah, of course. Now we we did discuss that. Yeah. yeah so you, if you may remember, maybe about twenty, thirty years ago, a little show called Cheese TV. Uh, it was on in the mornings just before school and had X-Men the Animated Series. I wanted to know a little bit more about it. So I went to my local uh, news agent and discovered... First, I discovered X-Men comics, which led me to uh, Avengers, characters like Thor, Deadpool, Shang-Chi. And from there... Now, my local news agent had a very limited supply of comics. So it was a while before I first saw anything to do with Black Panther. Mm-hmm. But it came up when there was a Deadpool and Cable series 
uh, when Deadpool and Cable were first teamed up for a number of issues and then Cable disappears, then Deadpool starts teaming up with a different character each month. Mm -hmm. And one particular month he was teamed up with Black Panther. Well, actually with the Fantastic Four, but Black Panther and Storm were filling in for Reed and Sue who were on vacation. And that's where I first found about Black Panther okay. and I went from there. Oh, nice, nice. And and obviously the um, ascendance, uh, ascendancy into more popular culture through the, the movies would have uh, really kind of um, made you made you happy. <laughs> oh, definitely. Uh, when I first saw Black Panther in uh, Captain America Civil War, I had concerns that because they'd given such an uh, amazing introduction, it was just I was just so delighted to see the character come to life and had seen other characters like uh, Thor come come in by that time. Huh. Uh, just the idea of seeing Black Panther on live action was just the thing of dreams. I just didn't, I couldn't believe this was happening. But I was think, thinking, please do not kill him off in this movie. That bit when he's he's taken his mask off and he's talking to uh, to Baron Zemo, mm-hmm. I'm thinking if they kill him, I'm going to riot. I'm just gonna, <laughs> absolutely, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw popcorn. But no, they actually made him a proper part of the MCU, and I was very happy for it. And of course, when uh, when uh, uh, Endgame came out, I had a, a sort of joke to my wife saying, "Oh, look, you, you can still see Black Panther now. We can go watch uh, his sequel in uh, Infinity War." <laughs> yes, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's the Black Panther in the MCU has taken, you know, a, a bit of a turn um, through. You know the passing of Chadwick Boseman, which was uh, really tragic as well. I, I take it you've seen Wakanda Forever as well. Of course, yes. Yep. Yeah, saw it in the cinemas, I think almost the day it came out. Okay, yeah, nice. Uh, what I found, I mean, we'll get to it, is um, like you and I both have read the all four issues of Claws of the Panther to, to give us a little bit of context yes. for issue four. Um, but I did find a lot of similarities uh, with Shuri's journey um, that she takes in. I don't want to spoil anything, obviously, but we'll kind of forever, but she does, she goes on a bit of a journey um, and very much so in the, in these comics. Oh, definitely. Uh, I think now having read uh, Claws of the Panther, I had not read it until it was uh, brought up that you wanted me to uh, talk about it for this podcast. Uh, Having read the series, I can see similarities between her growth in the comics and her growth in the movie, which I don't know if they were going to go for that had Chadwick Boseman not passed away. Mm -hmm. But I think the way they did it in both the movie without giving anything away, but in the comics, there are definitely similarities in that uh, journey, which I found that the, the series puts the the reader in the perspective of shuri you'll experience the growth as she's experiencing it yeah no 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 definitely um it, it's certainly something very much we'll get into as well as as of course the um the obligatory moon Knight appearance in that uh, I, oh dear, yes. I love fine color i love finding obscure appearances of moon Knight, and i guess you can't get any more obscure than this but um you, you know we're gonna we'll have some fun with it of course um of definitely. Yep. So also as well, uh, let's go into just quickly a bit of white noise. I won't um, dwell too much on it. So our Moon Knight news. Uh, what I'm going to throw up first onto the screen, for, and apologies, podcasters, um, Petronis will have video access to uh, this episode. Um, so the first bit of news uh, is the May solicitations for Moon Knight, uh, for, for Marvel came out not that long ago. Uh, and issue 23 was announced. Um, again, obviously, Jed McKay and Alessandro Capuccio following um, following up on their stellar series. Uh, we've got, um, I'll read the blurb here, the Midnight Mission is open to all travellers by night who need aid, even if they're host to the super symbiote 
Venom. When Dylan Brock asks Moon Knight for help, the two must stalk the nighttime streets together in search of justice. So, yeah, pretty cool cover here. Um, Carla, are, are you familiar with Moon Knight at all? I should, I should ask. I, I will be honest. Uh, the majority of my Moon Knight knowledge comes from two sources. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is the uh, the live action series. Okay. So I'm a bit. I'm, you might call a filthy casual in that regard. <laughs> the other half of it comes from a very, uh, very uh, established, reliable source. You may be familiar with a Facebook page called Moon Knight Core. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, the, the the one who started the whole uh, random BS go and he throws that thing in that yes. that uh, image that's been um I've seen it stolen by every single page from Nine Gag to apparently a uh, some uh, sort of geek themed store sells mugs with that image on it. Yes. And that the the guy who runs the page says I have not been they didn't ask me if they could do it. They've just used my edit mm. and it's yeah, so that's yeah. where my moon knowledge comes from. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Look, Moon Eye Core are great. Um, the boys over there, we started about the same time. as I think we actually may have started just like maybe a few weeks earlier um, before them. Um, but they, yeah, they've, they've skyrocketed with uh, with their memes, of course, the Dracula one yeah. as well. Um, they're fantastic because they do uh, expose Moon Knight to, to people uh, such as yourself, Colour, who probably wouldn't have uh, stumbled upon him you know, apart from the TV series. So, okay. Um, that's pretty cool. Well, the, the TV series, it's not the TV series, the comic series is very strong at the moment. Um, Color by Jed McKay. Uh, so we've got one cover here, Steven Segovia, Rochelle Rosenberg. Uh, there's also a variant cover. Uh, so this is by Paul Renaud, I think. Renaud, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Very beautiful cover. Uh, kind of very spectral, ghostly Moon Knight. Uh, there's and there's also a um, uh, variant cover here, Spider Verse variant cover by Declan Shalvey. Um, I also see in the solicits there's a Stormbreakers variant cover. I don't have a, a visual for that, but um, all the variant covers are pretty cool. Are you a are you a variant cover collector, color or? Uh, not so much a collect. I like to collect comics for the stories. Yep. Uh, if fair I enough. have to buy more than one issue, that's just not my thing. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But if I see if I see multiple co- covers, I will go for the one that looks the coolest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that me too as well. Um, I generally get the regular covers, but for titles that I may not be like a hundred, totally hundred percent invested in, I'll, I'll get the ones that have the best looking cover, whether they be variants or not. Um. Next up on our news, just a little moon watch. We do have a few little tidbits here. Uh, there is a Marvel animated style Moon Knight statue being released. Uh, and it's a nice little cute little figure. Um, the The description, it's, it's um, 3.25 inches. It's 8.26 centimeters. It's going to be released in August of this year. It's a pretty hefty price tag here, Carla. Um, $54.99. I think that's US. That seems like a lot. That's a lot for a three. Well, in Australian, that's going to be what, $80, 80 bucks uh, for, at least. Yeah, for like a. Well, there, that's just a guess. For like an eight centimeter tall figure. I mean, so I was a little bit, you know, taken back by that. But it's a little cute um, little figure here. And I'll read out the description. The Fist of Conchu has never been cuter. Mark Spector, the Moon Knight, is ready for action in this three and a half inch tall statue. The Marvel animated style Moon Knight statue was inspired by the young Marvel cover artwork of Scotty Young and limited, limited to only 3,000 pieces. It comes packaged with a number uh, numbered certificate of authenticity in a full color box. Well, I'm glad the color, I'm glad the box is colored color because at 60 bucks 
we're at 55 oh, bucks. Yes. You'd want, uh, you'd want something for your buck there. So yeah. anyway, uh, in August, go check it out if you want to complete your collection loonies. And finally, another thing that's being released soon, I haven't got a date for it, um, so maybe any loonies that do uh, hit me up on it. Um, the new fig pin of Moon Knight is going to be released. Um, these are pretty substantial pins or badges color. Um, there was a, another Fist of Conchu Moon Knight one released a while ago. They tend to be limited as well, so hard to find after a while. Um, just wondering, with your fandom for Black Panda, I know you mentioned you're a reader. Um, how about merchandise? Are you, are you a T-shirt wearing guy, mug sipping, you know? Badge wearing? Uh, to some degree. Yep. I do have uh, some Marvel shirts. I actually have uh, an Iron, uh, Iron Fist uh, uh, t-shirt that came as a Christmas gift. The interesting thing for it was just before the Iron Fist series came out on Netflix, which I hope I've not uh, triggered any trauma for people who are remembering <laughs> the series now. Yeah. No, I, I, I quite enjoyed it, but uh, I can understand why it was not as popular as uh, some other series. Yeah, uh, but So this t-shirt I got as a gift, I thought, just as a nice thing for my, for my Iron Fist page, because I've got a few pages which will always talk about later uh i just put a little took a little selfie my pic uh myself with the shirt on and posted it and said it's time and went to watch the show uh maybe a few days later i saw a page called for viral style and was selling iron fist t-shirts it had my picture saying submitted by a fan and oh. uh my wife told me about it and, and she goes uh, uh no it's not she goes did you send him your picture i go i don't know who these people are wow so i i, I comment i'm saying uh yeah that that's uh, that's my picture they're using without permission wow so jeez yeah so that did you follow yeah did, it was did you follow up on it or oh they took the page down within maybe two hours okay. of uh, me commenting on it yeah but yes yeah, so i do have i've got some t-shirts i also have if you Look on my profile; you might see some bobble, a picture of my desk with uh, some uh, Funko bobbleheads. Ah, heads, you love the bobble. Uh, on top there. Yes, Funkos are good. They're, yeah. they're dangerous, I must say. Um, could go down a rabbit hole. In terms of expenditure or the environmental impact? Oh uh, well, both actually. I like I like the style there. <laughs> I was talking more about the former, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, I guess the latter as well. As well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have I have dialed back when I found that they're a bit hard to recycle. The, that side uh, of plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Um, yeah, only I'm pretty selective with mine, but um, yeah, they're, they're fun to do, fun to have, fun to collect. Uh, right, well, that's the news for uh, for this week, White Noise. Uh, Carla, are you ready to get into our moonwalk? Alrighty. I'm ready to go. Well, as mentioned... If, if that's how yeah. we call it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is, is that... I, I'm sorry, this is my first time I'm oh, still nervous. Yep. You've got to... You've got a radio voice, I've got to say. So, you know, yeah, it's very, oh, thank very you. crisp and clear. Uh, so, loony listeners, as we mentioned at the top of the show, what's on the tin? Claws of the Panther, Volume One, Issue Four. It's titled "Enter the Black Widow." Release date December twenty second, two thousand ten, with a cover date of February two thousand eleven. Writers, a writer, Jonathan Mayberry, uh, penciler Gianluca G- uh, Giliotta. Uh, penciler, oh, sorry, Inca, Pepe Larraz, colorist Jose Villarubia, letterer Albert Deshesny, uh, and editor Lauren Sankovic. Now, this is available uh, in floppy format, of course. Um, it's also available on digital, so you can catch it on Marvel Unlimited. That's where I read it. 
you can, I'm assuming you can purchase the digital copy as well from Comixology or Kindle or whatever they are these days. Um, Carla, I'm not too sure. I'm going to lean on you now. Um, do you know if this was collected in a trade? I'm assuming it may have. This is, uh, as, as I may have, we spoke previously, uh, I'm, my knowledge as a fan is limited in terms of trivia, so I can't. Well, let's just lie. I'm going to lie and say it was. <laughs> so 50-50 chance, right? Oh, that, if you can't go 50, wrong with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So either yes or no, it's binary. It's, it's, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, now, for listeners that may not uh, be have listened have listened before, and what, what Carla and I will do, we'll go through a bare bones, i.e. a synopsis, to give you a gist of what this issue is, although I think we will expand it, Carla, to discuss more of the whole series because it's hard to kind of pinpoint this just to the one issue. Um, and yes. then we'll just think about uh, discuss our overall impressions uh, and then go into some notes as well. Uh, I guess... Uh, what stood out, the main beats of the of the comic, but also anything that really took your fancy as well. And we'll cap it off, as always, with um, a rating from Konishu's rating system. Um, so, Carla, I haven't discussed with this uh, this with you, and I, I rarely do with the co-hosts, because shame on me. Uh, but with the bare bones, have you got the, okay. the prompt sheet handy? Are you? I do okay, have the well, prompt it's... sheet here. I've got it. In a little tab here, I've Excellent. got it all there. So, uh, right yes, the bare well, bones section. Yeah, your dulcet tones. The... I'll be forever grateful if you give us some. Um, yeah, maybe the first half. It is a long one, and I'll grab the second half. So, Claw has Spider-Man by the throat, but instead of killing him, he decides to flee to accelerate his plan. When Spider goes to tell Shuri, she has a shrewd idea of where he's going. His satellite in orbit, where he's holding music. Shuri sends schematics to the, the satellite to flee, who determines they may need espionage spe an espionage specialist to get to the satellite. Luckily, Spider-Man knows just the person, and he calls Steve Rogers to bring in Black Widow. At the moment, Widow is recovering NORAD codes from Hydra. Up in space, Claw uses music that her f uh, uses to music that her father is a fool to have betrayed him. Claw then begins to implement his plan to use music to mind control everyone in the world. Music pleads with him to not do this and asks if being made of sound has made him so isolated for others, from others. In response, Snor Claw snaps at her, stating that being made of sound is a gift and that isolation is preferable to him as he elevates himself to godhood. Meanwhile, Shuri and Widow meet up. They take a Wakandan space shuttle to find Claw. And on the way, Shuri discusses with Widow whether her compassion is a weakness. At the same time, Spidey calls with the AIM scientist who pleads for his daughter's life, stating that she's innocent of his crimes. As they approach the station, Flea tells them that Claw is on alert to their approach. To cover for the infiltration, Flea decides to make a risky distraction by damaging the station and getting hit. Both Shuri and Widow then infiltrate the station, but they are too late. Claw uses music to unleash the scream, affecting every creature that can hear on Earth. The two try to fight back, but Claw draws on music's power to amplify his own. Widow distracts Claw as Shuri gets close to music, but she can't bring herself to kill her, even knowing that Claw would destroy her and Wakanda in retaliation as well as find another victim. Claw mocks Shuri for her compassion, but before he could kill her, music um, acting on Shuri's bit of mercy repulses Claw from the station. As they free music, they get a call from Fella, who has survived. 
a flea, I flea. think it is. Yeah, <laughs> I was wondering <laughs> in my head, who was Fella? Now, Flea. Um, Shuri says that she could kiss him and promises a parade in his honour. Flea asks for permission to faint. Uh, Shuri offers to undo what Claw did to her, but music refuses, striving to be better than Claw. A widow then asks Shuri if she's kept her inner demons under control. Shuri admits that she will not let them control. Uh, she, she will not let them control her. Widow comments that she's spoken like a true warrior. So there you go, Loonies. Uh, it's you know the finale of a of a four part series. So we we get you know right to the meat of things straight away. Um, I'm going to ask you right away, Carla. What did you think? Overall impressions. What did you make of this issue? This particular issue by itself. Sorry, I was about to say yeah, this particular issue. But then we might as well say yeah, your overall impressions for the whole series. Okay, so for this issue by itself. I like it. It really does help to culminate uh, the growth of Shuridish during this uh, this series, and it can, really does help to con- uh, contribute to her, I wouldn't say her introduction, but her establishing as a hero. Uh, I've made some notes about how uh, Shuri was, a st- was first introduced in 2005, but she didn't really do anything until 2010, when she has to take over for her brother as Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's still a very new hero. She's not just Black Panther 2.0, she's her own Black Panther. Uh, Different style, different strategies to T'Challa. Uh, and just in case if uh, uh, anyone wants to correct me on my pronunciation, I am not sure on the pronunciation, if it's a silent T or not. The MCU seems to not think so, oh. but I've read in other forums that it is a silent T, but okay. I don't know which one most of the fans want to go with. Nice. But yes, uh, I, I do uh, enjoy this. The art style is very stylistic, uh, especially a lot of the dialogue from Black Widow in particular I found... Uh, really stood out when she talks about the difference between being a killer and being a warrior. Mm-hmm. And this is very, uh, very prominent to me because Black Widow is like a master assassin, a super spy, and she knows about killing, more about killing than most people. But she's the one telling uh, Shruti, look, uh, you know, compassion is a strength. You don't mm. need, you don't need to think like a killer. You have to be a warrior. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, look, I, I enjoyed it as well. I think it was a very solidly solidly written uh, and a really good-looking book as well. Uh, I think, uh, let me get the gentleman's name correct, uh, Gugliotta uh, does a really good job uh, on the on the pens. Um, yeah, as you said, very stylized. It reminded me a bit of Angel Medina. Um, for those who have read comics, you know, for a while, they know Medina's artwork. Um, overall, I thought I really enjoyed the series as well. And um, I thank you for elaborating a bit on Shuri there, Carla, because, yeah, no they make a point that um, that they had these, um, uh, these first impressions of her as well, you know, before she was yes. Black Panther. And so she really... You know, she she comes with that kind of baggage, uh, but also as well trying to um, come out of the the shadow of her brother because T'Challa did uh, he did yes. make his mark, you know, uh, and and we get some events that obviously in the lead up to this that you know I, I didn't know happened during the time, but obviously the the decimation of all the vibranium that sort of stuff, um, venturing into the savage land to get vibranium. Uh, you mentioned uh, Black Widow's conversation. I felt that very much. Uh, 
coupled with Shuri's conversations with Wolverine in an earlier issue as well. Oh, yes. Yeah, there was yeah. almost the same language. I think Wolverine talked about warriors as well. So, um, uh, I can I can check that, but uh, yeah, I, I believe you are correct. But what I've, with the Wolverine, I, what struck me the most there was the fact that uh, Shuri's actually gone to him for advice on how to control her yeah. anger and her rage because she's she in the previous issue she's made a bit of mess of things by letting her thirst for vengeance cloud her judgment. Yes. And Wolverine's first response is, "You've got anger management problems, and you're coming to me." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I also because you know I, the the clues have led me to Madripoor, and if anyone yep. knows Madripoor, it's going to be you. So. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we have aim. Um, targeting some peddlers, I guess, of, of SLV, Savage Land Vibranium. Uh, there are a few of them in Madripoor. Um, so this is another issue, Looney's um, issue two, but they go on a bit of a chase um, there, Wolverine and Shuri. Uh, but yes, you're right. Um, actually, uh, Carla, that conversation, the point of difference is that Shuri's there to ask, how do I temp- how do I temper this or control this? Whereas with Black yes. Widow, she's more like, you know, um, I feel this, uh, you know, I have these feelings um, and Black Widow saying, no, compassion is a good thing. It's not a weakness. Yes. I, I, we even see Claw call out compassion as a weakness as well. He keeps on calling Shuri weak. Yes. Um, so I like how Mayberry, you know, keeps that kind of thematic material, um, you know, within all, all the characters. Uh, Carla, I'll give you first dibs then. Uh, so after okay. our, our first impressions, uh, what, I don't know, what, what were one of the main aspects for you, um, for this issue that you'd like to, to jump in on? Well, I believe we've already talked about her growth. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to bring up something else, but, uh, really it is just the, the growth that, uh, that Shuri experiences and that we experience it with her. And it's not a, uh, within, you know, one second, she's, uh, got all these character flaws and the next step they're gone over the course of the four issues. They are progressively dealt with. The first issue, she makes a mess of things with her anger. She addresses that, talks to an expert on on dealing with anger and bloodthirst, and then she deals with someone a bit more grounded. Although we can we can really see when she teams up with Spider Man, how she is, despite being such an accomplished operative and a, an intelligent hero, that she's still very inexperienced on how things work outside of Wakanda. Because she asks mm-hmm. Spider Man, "Look, can I hire the Avengers for the night?" Mm. And in her yeah. mind, she's thinking. Hey, I'm not asking you to do it for free. I'll pay you guys. We'll make yeah. sure you give you your uh, make your time is worth worth the uh, it's worth being paid for. Yeah. Uh, and Spider Man's like, what you want to? You think you can just come in and, and hire us like we're a, yeah. like we're <laughs> house cleaners or something? Yeah. It's like, no, no, I don't mean to disrespect. I want to make sure I'm not just coming in asking free. It's like, look, what help will help you? We're heroes. We'll help each other out. Yeah, I, I but like. She has that. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, I, I like how Spidey just goes, okay, okay, hang on, let me just, uh, Avengers Assemble! <laughs> you know? And no one shows up, they're all busy <laughs> yeah. doing stuff. Exactly, yeah. Um, sorry. That's yeah. Oh, okay. And then uh, it's a very consistent and gradual growth over uh, four issues. So when she does have that discussion with uh, Black Widow uh, about how being a warrior is about not just killing when it's necessary, it's also about, uh, about pursuing peace. Uh, it's, it's earned, it really is established. The only slight issue I had, it's such a minor thing, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I do want to be objective as a, as a reviewer, of course. that the way it ends with uh, Shuri deciding at the last second, no, I'm not going to do what I have to do to, I'm not going to draw blood. Uh, her compassion does inspire music, but I just, I feel like it was a bit of a little bit of a cheat where music's like, oh, she could have killed Floral along or, or banished him or whatever she does to him. Uh, just sort of okay. push them out of the station. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, she, she could have done that all along. Why, why was she waiting for Shuri to show 
unless it was more to do with uh, music not really because she's sort of her consciousness is elevated she feels like a bit of a like yes. a godlike being at the end yeah actually that's a good point i hadn't considered that i, I actually um I, I really did enjoy that kind of culmination towards the end because it's kind of it's kind of a little bit tropey about this the fact that you know she's been um you know chatting with black widow about this whole thing about compassion and she gets to that to that situation where she has to decide and and i like it that she kind of like the way it's built and written, Mayberry has Shuri gone, look, there, there is no other way. I'm, I'm going to have to kill her. Like I, I can't yeah. find anything else to do. Uh, and then, you know, against all her intuition, she decided, no, I can't do it. You know, this is in the face of her being obliterated by claw, really. So yes. it's, it's a, in some, some people would say oh, it's world very domination. illogical. Yeah, and world domination, actually, the thing actually, you know, where too late has actually started. We see uh, there, we, I love the little montage or um, splash page of, you see, I think Hulk, Juggernaut, Hawkeye, you know, all all these characters in the Marvel Universe just being affected by this the scream. Um, but I like that kind of uh, inevitability of she's going to have to kill, kill, sorry, music if she wants to fix this, but she still doesn't um, because it, the stakes were huge. But you're, you're absolutely right. I hadn't considered it. Like music decides then and there to actually take care of it herself. Like, yeah, maybe maybe she hadn't got the thought in her head. Maybe she hadn't realised what she that's, could do. Yeah, I think that's what they were going with. Yeah. It was more about the, the saving today wasn't the issue. The save, the, what was the issue was uh, Shuri realising, okay, you can solve things without having to kill. But had music not possessed the ability to save the day, then mm. uh, we'd have a much different-looking uh, Marvel Universe in the comics right now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, just Claw. Claw is a... A hefty villain. I mean, a master of sound, a, a being of pure sound. It's pretty hard to fight against that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I love seeing, again, I'm going to hark back to issue three. I think, well, actually, actually, it might be issue, issue four as well. Um, Spidey taking on Claw. I mean, massively. Yes. Uh, there's no contest well, He there. can't do anything to him. He can't, yeah, yeah. And the only it, thing that they, sorry, the only thing that they can do is, is use vibranium, but there's none available. So... Um, that's the only kind of uh, a kryptonite for claw, but uh, sorry, you. Were I was just say? thinking that. Yep. I was just thinking that. Uh, well, they did have. They do have some of the Savage Land vibranium. What I was, I did wonder when they when they were in Madripoor and they uh, have that. They do get access to some Savage Land vibranium. Why she didn't just you know put some in her pocket and make sure it's in a, a non-metal container and make a weapon out of it and then fight and fight claw with it later. I was actually th- thinking that would have a bit of a missed opportunity there to make a like a Shekhov's weapon. Oh, okay, yeah. Thing. Well, I I took it as, and I could be totally wrong that because I mentioned that um, SLV has different properties to Wakandan vibranium and it yes. and it only just destroys metal or something like that so um but having said that she does um sprinkle some on claw's hand in an altercation yeah, and it, it does affects get, yeah it does get affected so yeah you're absolutely right um speaking of claw one of the other aspects i thought was really good was the conversation between joya or aka music and claw uh, and their differing philosophies i guess with the power that they do have uh claw obviously being very hell-bent on uh, world domination or you know just destroying wakanda uh, and i love the language that music uses um it's more there's a beauty to what what she has she's very enlightened yeah yeah 
and I thought that was really good. And then actually, uh, there's a really good piece because I do have a couple of really deep conversations. And there's one being like utter uh, like loneliness, and she 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 uh, broaches that with Claw. And there are a couple of a couple of um, panels. Uh, look, I don't know if I can find it here in some of the um, things I've got here, but there are a couple of panels where it does seem to hit home to him, like what she's saying. It does. Um, but he quickly bottles he's that determined up. yeah yeah he quickly bottles up and goes no i want to be alone look I, i'm I'm going to go to a higher plane to a godhood i don't need these flesh bags or all that sort of stuff but i really did enjoy oh. their um uh, that character interaction between the two yes it was uh you can see that claw could with his power there is so much more he could do with it and music has already caught on to that but yep. his uh, fixation with world domination and just you know, getting revenge on Wakanda for, for constantly being his the thorn in his side for all this time, ha- it really causes him to overlook what uh, could have been a much more rewarding existence for him. Mm. Yeah, it almost sounds like they can you know they could basically explore the universe as these godlike beings of sound, and he's like, no, no, I just want to take over one planet and just destroy Wakanda. <laughs> yeah, there, there are. As I, as I was reading this, I was thinking like, Claw, there's so many possibilities for this character. I don't, I don't understand why he hasn't been utilized more, or you know, because he's quite powerful. Um, you know, in oh, this, yeah. the same. I was watching a little bit of uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes the other day, Color, the the animated Avengers series. And they had Graviton in that. And, like, I just loved how they depicted him because he's very amped up with power. Like, you know, anyone that can control Earth's gravitational pull. uh, Oh, definitely. Is is huge. So I think similar to Claw. Like, he's a a being of pure sound. Um, Yeah, I I just thought there was, yeah. It's good. It's actually good that Mabry used him and utilized him this way. Yes. Yeah. Well, one possibility is because he's got only one weakness being vibranium. There's only really uh, like a handful of characters that can really do anything unless you've got uh, uh, some vibranium. You just take it off the Stark Tower because that's their their windows. Uh, the glass panes are actually ah. interlaced with transparent vibranium. Ah. Uh, but yeah, there's only really a, a handful of characters. Black Panther, maybe Captain America. I don't know if his yeah. shield being a different. Oh, being an, an alloy, an alloy. Anything? yeah, true. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. Um, yeah, it'd be worth, it'd be worth um checking out. I wonder, I just kind of wonder where Claw is now, like in the current state um of stories. It'd be interesting. Um, I've always found him intriguing, especially with that like the flat nose kind of design, and and I like actually yeah. how um Gugliotta uh, has shown that it's it's almost kind of like just painted on his his nose um it's a really, yeah, bit yeah. of a voldemort sort of uh, yeah uh, well pre predating that uh, yeah yeah it is, it is a very interesting style that they've given for him yeah exactly uh but you know still it's kind of modern modernized but it's still close at the end of the day i guess all of that is just generated from sound so it's not like real material and such, you know. If we're, we're going to talk like kind of geeky, <laughs> um, well, you could you could treat it as since he is concentrated living sound. If he's choosing his own appearance, it could be how uh, some people have trouble drawing faces. So he didn't know how to make his face yeah. look properly, so he just sort of exactly. that's how he, he looked in the mirror. It's like okay, it looks good enough. That's yeah, what yeah. I'm going to look like, even <laughs> though this was a design from the seventies. Yeah. Try to modernize it a bit. 
So if you're you're saying so if Rob Liefeld um, was uh, the master of sound, he'd have trouble with his feet, right? <laughs> oh, d- oh yeah, yeah, and have pouches everywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, and so so some really some great character pieces here. We spoke about Shuri and her her, her chats, um, Claw and Joya. Um, what other what other key moments um, have you got, uh, Color? Uh, yes. Well, apart from the moments where she's talking to different characters like uh, Wolverine, uh, mm-hmm. Black Widow, Spider-Man, uh, I, I really found that uh, I want to get past the growth. The There is the... Actually, very at the start of the issue, you've got Spider-Man, Spider-Man just... Uh, let me just bring it up to oh, yeah. get the... The start of the, the issue? What? copy to work. Let me... Um... Yeah, you've got... Just with Spider-Man being introduced there, he's being held by Claw, and he just he's just such a smart aleck. Yeah. Just throughout his, he's only in there for two issues, but just yeah. the first thing he says is, I want a vibranium baseball bat. And this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> giving his little jokes and quips, like, yeah. so much for my surrender now before I get rough speech. Yeah. Uh, I made a note where uh, Claw calls him an insect, and I'm thinking it was a missed opportunity for yes. Spider-Man to be the, that smart aleck to say, smarter, yeah. oh, actually, spiders aren't insects <laughs> for arachnids, but uh, yeah. he's, he's busy being uh, thrown. Yeah, he dangled. He dangled that. I I think Mayberry does a fantastic job. This was one of my notes as well with with the voicings of some of the characters, especially like sometimes I don't know. Sometimes writers don't have handles on like more quippier characters, you know, yes. or or you go the other way around and some writers just write everyone quippy. Um, but Spider Man is you know he's one of the OG quippy kind of characters and uh, he's got a particular sense of humor and I think Mayberry does a really good job in uh embodying him in this series similar with wolverine i was very impressed not only with the aesthetics i thought wolverine looked awesome in this issue um yes issue two um um but uh just the way he interacted with shuri the way he acted and and reacted to what she was saying it was very wolverine and um yeah yeah all all the guest characters uh kaiser shana wolverine black panther black widow they all feel like they're their own character like mm. you, you feel that this is wolverine this isn't just wolverine as being written uh through the perspective of surety it's like you yep. know this is wolverine same yep. with black widow same with with a uh, spider-man even captain america appearing for like for uh, just one panel uh <laughs> the artwork for his face i did have a I oh, what's yes. going on there but apart from that <laughs> it, it, it does very much feel like like uh, captain america and of course yep. moon knight's appearance oh uh, yes we've talked about that enough oh, so uh, front and center <laughs> We could we could talk hours about Moon Knight's appearance. Of no, no, sorry, yeah. Looney's. Uh, Mooney does uh, appear in just the one panel, and as 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 panel dressing, basically, uh, we got Cap just talking. Uh, it's an establishing shot of the Secret Avengers. Uh, yeah, Secret Avengers. Um, yeah. So you got Beast there. Um, I can't zoom in. Totally. Is that Thor or oh, Vol- is that... no Vol- Valkyrie? Valkyrie, yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. Um, and Cap, of course, as well. So, yeah, so Moon Knight standing there quite stoically, um, but he is there, so completionist. I, I, I do yeah. love finding obscure appearances. Um, if you warrant this one panel appearance, uh, go pick it up, Claws of the Panther, issue four. Uh, but really nothing much to say here, Colour, about Moon Knight. Well, you, you can't even see his, sim- his chest symbol, but you no. know it's him. You know it's Instinctively. Him. It just cries out to you. Oh, just, just the... The, the posture for me, Carla. The posture yeah. that gives it away. <laughs> gives it away. Um, so yeah, we had to. We have to, of course. Thank you for that, Carla. We have to flag the moon night appearance. Uh, this is a moonwalk after all. Um, but yes. Uh, so 
I also found just sticking with Jonathan Mayberry, and we're talking about the voicings. Um, I was impressed yes. with his writing. He he does come from a he's a novel uh, a novelist. Um, so I did oh, yes. sense that. I don't know how many comics he has written up to this point, but I could see that maybe um, dialogue could be cut down uh, a little bit. It, not that it was distracting or um, uh, or hard to get through, but. You could tell, like a, a novelist, I think, has written it. If I it is a little that. dialogue heavy, but yeah. I'm, I, I found it wasn't excessively so. But he, if you were to criticize the quantity of dialogue, it was it, the line is here. He's just shot, cut, stopped short of it uh, without going too far. He yeah. could have cut back a little. I think he could have cut back. I mean, look, obviously the important interactions between Music and Claw and Shuri and Black Widow and such and, and Wolverine, they, they warrant it because the the intent, uh, the purpose of those scenes is to to discuss. Um, but, yeah, there are some, a, couple, a few incidental things, I think, that he could have kind of cut down on, didn't need to be so wordy. But that's a small quibble. Um, I... I recognise his name. I, I've read a um, recently read an anthology of a Predator uh, anthology novel, um, and oh, yes. he has written the likes of Predator and Aliens as well. So, um, yeah, I do, I do like his writing. Uh, but yeah, that was just an observation about, I guess, the amount of dialogue. Yeah, well, when we have to really, really search for things to complain about or to, to criticise, mm. you can tell that it's a, it's a solid run. It is. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely as well. Um, yeah, so uh, I was going to pick um, the, the other key aspect was, was Mooney, but uh, that, that's that's been done, of course. I guess the uh, we have touched upon it is uh, it was about Claw's master plan. So his master plan was yes. to uh, create the scream. I loved it. I love this uh, this concept of the scream and, um, and uh, Joya or music um she's the daughter of one of the the aim um scientists i'm assuming she is a mutant is that right color or, or something she she's special in some way or? i this is honestly this is my first introduction to uh music uh from what i it says music stands for multi-frame universal integration codec and i've made a note that it's the most awkwardly false acronym i've ever seen <laughs> uh, yes. it, it seems that she seems to be the subject of experimentation and possible exposure to savage land vibranium or anti-metal i don't yeah. know a hell of a lot about her yeah I, I don't think i wouldn't be surprised if she kind of begins and ends here I, I, I think she's quite a minor character there is a little thing here that yeah she she was an opera singer i guess that's what kind of has some sort of connection with her and, and music um but i don't know I, I wonder whether she i don't know whether she had some sort of uh, enhanced ability which kind of prompted claw to use her um but anyway um that could be a story for another day um yeah i i, I just thought that was uh the the master plan of of using the slv to literally and they mention it to even thor will be on his knees licking yes. claw's boots um so we've even got characters like juggernaut uh, the whole yeah. the characters normally impervious to mind control juggernaut with his uh, oh, special oh, helmet, uh, the yeah. hulk the hulk being normally resistant to telepathic intrusion unless it's for a very high order yes uh, even well you've got other characters there was there was one thing i did i didn't mention in my notes but i was just thinking of now that you mentioned all the characters who would have been affected, they state specifically that the scream affects all characters who can hear. 
Yes. So it was a little bit of a missed opportunity to mention Echo, but I think they will, might have been worried it would have distracted away from Shuri, who you have to remember whose series this is. It's Shuri's uh, series. Yes. But uh, if they brought in Echo, would have been immune to this, I believe. Yes. Yeah, I mean. And Hawkeye yeah. to some degree. And Hawkeye to some degree. Hawkeye yeah. and Echo. I, I was kind of thinking that as well. Like the moment that the the plan was revealed that, you know, it's all the Sonic thing and, and people that can hear, it's like, well, hang on. Like we. we the first thing that went into my mind was not that he's deaf, but was Daredevil going, okay, we've got characters that, you know, have uh, different abilities or, you know, um, who, who kind of like, like Echo as well. So a little, a little loophole there, but, um, but I, I don't yeah. think enough to, to really kind of ruin the overall idea. Um, no. Yes. Well, there was one thing I was thinking of is that the whole reason this, he, Claw really should have gotten away with this whole thing. The only reason uh, Shuri is doing anything at all is because she just happens to be in the Savage Land at the same time that AIM is there uh, getting all this uh, uh, Savage Land vibranium. If she wasn't there to try to re- get some Savage Land vibranium and try to <laughs> you know, restore yes. uh, Wakanda's economy, like she says in the, in the first issue, look, we're not exactly broke, but yeah. you know, we're, we're not in, a, in the best state. If we, if we can get some vibranium and at least try to rebuild things that'd be great if she wasn't there doing that she yeah. would have had no knowledge of what was going on because it was only shana looking for kazar yes uh, otherwise word might not have reached the mainland and no one would have known what was going on and the avengers were all busy except for spider-man and and black widow the black widow was busy she just yes. happened to be finishing a mission that's very that's very true yeah it was due to the depletion of vibranium that yeah that shuri kind of started this whole caper in in the savage land um yeah, exactly. We, or, I mean, playing the devil's advocate, you never know. Maybe she has, because she, she, she obviously harbors a, a huge hatred for Claw, uh, the death of her father. Oh, yes. Uh, stuff like that. So may, maybe she had tabs on him anyway. I, I don't know. I mean, but you're right. I mean, if you look at it on face value, um, it was just a coincidence that um, came through. I thought it was a really, really nice intro, just, just going into issue one. Um, and to have very obscure, like, you know, Savage Land, of course, it's Kazar and Shana as well and Zabu, but um, I, I thought it was a really, uh, it was really refreshing uh, as it goes. Um, if you're looking at kind of guests, uh, like Shana was drawn, I mean, <laughs> 2010, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yes. She's, she's got like a, a piece of string as, as a costume. Um, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I mean, It you, is basically yeah. how they dress there, but yeah, yes. I, I, I was thinking the same thing. I didn't read because I don't. I don't read. I've not read much Shana or Kazar. But I didn't realize she was like the veterinarian. I didn't realize. I just always imagined them to have kind of um, simplistic kind of language. It's so, like almost being like I no, don't know, K- like Kenan. Yeah, Kazar's quite intelligent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they they dress like they're, they're from the Stone Age, but that's just because there's they can't exactly. Yeah, uh, go down to Kmart and buy some clothes. They've only got what they've got there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it was really interesting to, to see. I really enjoyed that first issue. Like I said, like I enjoyed most of this. Um, any other uh, any other points here? I, I wanted to um, just talk quickly, uh, Carla, about Flea. I thought Flea was a very cool. Oh yes. Yeah, concept. Um, yes, the mm. he is basically the uh, the guy in the chair. Uh, if, if you've um, yes uh, seen. Like in Spider Man, I believe it was, it was I can't remember if it was Spider Man Homecoming or Far From Home, mm-hmm. the one where Ned's talking about like he's the guy in the chair with the, yes. the headset and the computer and he's trying to, you know, you know, guide Spider Man. Uh 
Flea, for those who don't know, is Shuri's man in a chair. He, mm-hmm. His chair is in a space station orbiting, or like a, some sort of spacecraft orbiting Earth. So he's got direct access to all their satellite network. He can feed Intel, uh, give uh, blueprints to buildings. Uh, yeah. Basically, he, he's, he's the one whispering in her ear, okay, th- th- there's another guy down the corridor, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. But when, uh, <laughs> I, I think it's safe to say that we've, uh, you know, had gone into spoiler territory mm-hmm. there's that bit where it looks like he's had to sacrifice himself i thought I, I, i'm not okay with this I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I, but it was a necessary sacrifice but then it turns out now he was he was okay i'm happy for that it was it was good though wasn't it because he was kind of his fringe fringe character he's on the fringe enough to to kind of like mayberry he could kill him off you know and that would have an impact yeah. because we do like him but um oh, so, hugely so yeah, so I, I I found that a very effective technique that Mayberry um, utilized with with Flea, but thankfully he does survive. I love how he's got a little bit of yes. a, a crush on Shuri, um, but yeah, as you said, <laughs> I, I love the idea. He's he makes Shuri like the the world's finest detective. You know, she could ask for anything just yes. off the bat, and he's there to kind of give her um, intel. It's just such an awesome idea, um, and the fact that yeah, the fact that he had a, a part in this final issue, like a bigger part. Um, I was I was quite happy to see. So, yeah, when he's like, oh, if I can just get some time after this, and, uh, he talks about be- just before his uh, what he th- we thought was going to be a sacrifice. How you know, two yeah. more weeks, and I was actually going to <laughs> yeah, uh, you know get some time off and actually meet Shuri because we don't. It, it's only brought up uh, then. He's not actually seen Shuri face to face. No, that's right. So he would have if he, he would have sacrificed his life for her without actually having to meet the person that he's, he's crushing on. Mm. Uh, but still keeps a professional working relationship with, and Shuri was about. She would have had to have, uh, you know, borne that uh, the weight of that that grief. Mm. But Black Black Widow, she keeps keeps her centered, saying, "Look, if you don't focus on the mission, he's he's died for nothing." Yeah. And I'm thinking Black Widow's. Well, she's obviously speaking from a place of experience. She would have been in that place where she's had to let a teammate uh, sacrifice himself. Otherwise, it's the mission. Or the mission fails. You have no one between. You've got to make sure you stay on mission, even if you mm. just lost your best friend of how many years uh, in a, just a brutal, sudden way. Yeah. But uh, I think it would have gone a bit too. I don't want. They didn't want to make this too dark of a series. Yeah. No, yeah. Exactly. It, it, at the end of the day, it, it's kind of you know you go you go through the ups and downs and the highs and lows. But you know, it's like a Marvel comic. It's it's not too bleak. Um, so th- yeah, that was good. The tone was kind of maintained. Um, I wonder, I mean, um, I guess we can find out later on in, in research, but Flea, uh, it, whether or not he was a Wakandan himself or whether he was an I external- believe so. Okay. I wondered, or whether he was an uh, external Flea contractor. was, yeah. Uh, this is where I do have some knowledge. Uh, Flea was, uh, introduced, I can't remember if it was during when Shuri's first appearance as Black Panther, but okay. when Shuri was uh, branching out to actually, you know, I believe it was, she was tasked with going after uh, Namor, getting some intel on uh, Namor and what's going on with Atlantis, and Flea is like a, you know, like a voice in her ear, like a, the, okay. the earpiece. So oh, he had. Right. He, this is not his introduction. He has. He has been around before this. Okay, he's got a pretty cool aesthetic as well. I mean, you don't see his face, but he's got the armor. Um, or you know, I'm yeah. sure. Well, he's in space, so he's got to have a space. Well, suit. true. Yeah, that's there. That's exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. So sorry. So yeah. Any other um uh, significant points that you'd like to raise, color? Um, about this. I issue? think we've covered most of uh, the significant points. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think all, the portrayal of Shuri overall. As a, as a female character, 
uh, as a woman and a hero, she's not betrayed outside of her her um, her uh, her weight class. She is portrayed appropriately. So th- there's no real plot armor. She doesn't even have her vibranium armor because any mm. vibranium weave in a suit's been rendered inert. Yep. But she she holds her own where it's appropriate when it's uh, when she's up against Claw and there's nothing that she can do to hurt him because she's got no vibranium and that's the only thing that can hurt him. It's portrayed realistically. Claw beats her up, uh, he, he kicks her butt, and, and then he goes off and does what he wants to do. But mm-hmm. when it is time for her, when she is able to, when it is appropriate for her to uh, to beat people up, she can do so. And she's she's shown as intelligent, but not... Uh, she's not a Mary Sue, which I do hmm. appreciate, because yeah. the, the representation for uh, female characters uh, increasing, it's not where it needs to be, but it is increasing. It is. I feel it is done right. Yeah, not just with her, but also with uh, Shana. Apart from the artwork, well, I don't know how they could really avoid it as they give her a wardrobe uh, revamp. But oh, and yeah. also with Black Widow. <laughs> yes, Black Widow especially. Oh. I think she was my favorite of the uh, the, the guest appearances. Oh yeah, yeah, and no, no, she was so, quite she was quite good as well. I was just having a look because um, something that did I was reminded of during it as well. I will say I think even maybe just this issue i can't remember over the other ones as well there were slight differences in art did you pick that up as well color like like if you I, look yeah not massive but like very subtle i don't know if they had different artists for the different issues yeah but maybe were the artists different for the different issues or were they the same um that's a good point i'm not too sure um but i will say though like in this issue so if you look at the last there's the last shot of shuri there um if you you know, imprint that in your brain and, and then recall how Shuri was depicted, I guess, in the earlier issues or maybe even earlier in this issue, uh, sorry, in the run, uh, the art is significantly different. Um, so uh, n- not that I really picked up on it, um, but I did feel that it did fluctuate. Maybe it was just this issue. No, because the first page, if you look at the first page, it's very much yes. consistent with the art for the previous issues. Like you know that it that could just be, yeah. maybe they were just working on those panels. It's a it's a Friday afternoon. Yeah. I just want to get out of the office, <laughs> just go home. Let's just wrap this up and go home. I think the artists were consistent. I'm just looking at them now. So Mayberry, Gugliotta, and um, I can only pronounce the other name, Villa Rubia. Oh yeah, Villa, Villa Rubia. Rubia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's the same. So you've got for the first one. Find it on that's the, correct. Yeah. Mentioned on the cover, yeah, that is correct. And the yeah, so this one had Pepe Laraz as well as listed as artist. Oh, yes, um, yeah, uh, so increase the art team in, in the subsequent issue in the issues, maybe three and four, yeah, because I don't see Laraz on the first one, yeah, right, okay, because yeah, interesting. I mean, Pepe Laraz is maybe, I mean, this is 2010, so a lot could happen, you know, in, in 13 years, uh, because his artwork is, is miles different, I think, these days, um. So yeah, yeah, no. Any, anyway, a small observation. Oh. Um, uh, sorry, go on. I was going to say Laraz was in. Uh, he he was mentioned on both three and four. He's not mentioned on okay. one and two. Ah, uh, right. So maybe three and four was where there was like a bit of a little bit. I mean, it's not too um, disconcerting, but there are the no. slight. You, you when you read it, you kind of go, oh, hang on, that that face looks a little bit different to the way faces are portrayed. But yeah, um, so I did pick up on that as well. Uh, but yeah, like I said, not enough to really. Um, to really make things uh, off-putting. Uh, having said no. that, yeah. Having said that, though, um, what I thought we'd do with r- moon rating systems, Carla, as well. I've got this in the prom sheet. Oh yes. Let's give damn damn it. Let's give let's give three. Let's give let's give a rating for this issue 
let's give a rating for the overall four-parter because it's a small, nice little mini-series. And let's give a yeah. rating for the Moon Knight appearance because we are a Moon Knight podcast after all. <laughs> so... Oh, yes. So, so do I, I get to, con- yeah. to yeah. contribute or vote towards it? You I was going to all... say... Yep. I was going to say maybe uh, you don't have an. Do you have an option for like maybe say three and a half or four? Yeah, yeah, three and a half. Yeah. I, for anything for me to give like to give like a five stars or five moons. Oh, moon? sorry. Yeah, is this is uh, out of ten. Sorry. Yeah. So we're. Doing... Oh, out of ten. Oh, okay. Yep. Sorry. I'm just looking at the, the the first bit. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say an eight. eight. It's not a ten. Ten has to be perfect. It has to be nothing wrong. Oh with yeah, it. absolutely. Nine has to be basically completely perfect. Uh, I'm gonna say if I could even say eight and a half. Okay, yeah, I, I would. I would recommend it. I'd I'd come back and read it again. There are some little tiny issues, so mm-hmm. it's not a perfect run. But then very few runs are for me. Yep. Okay, so that's for the run, right? For the four parts. So let me just yes, for the four that parts. In. How about for this issue alone, like issue four? This issue alone. I'm gonna say with a, because you've got the little the, the the bit at the end where it's just basically, uh, you know music just decides all of a sudden oh yeah by the way did, did i mention that i can just oh yeah, know, yeah. save all of this and yeah. shuri's just i actually found it to be a bit out of character for shuri to decide to show compassion this is probably the worst possible time to show compassion if music didn't have that <laughs> exactly. that little uh yeah. way out you've basically everything the entire planet exactly so, out of character t- minor issues with the art but nothing this too disconcerting so i'm gonna have to say just an eight eight out of ten i'm just not perfect it's good, but not perfect. Yeah, no worries. So I'm just I'm logging that into the prom sheet. And finally, um, uh, what do you think of the Moon Knight appearance? Was it everything you expected and more? 500. Uh, <laughs> no, we're, we're going to go, you know what? It's 10 out of 10. You know it's Moon Knight. I'm not being facetious. You know it's Moon Knight without the symbol. He's not throwing his little crescent moon things. He's not talking to his different personalities. Yep. You know it's him. He's front and center. He's just standing there. You you know it's him. He, okay. His presence fills the page. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go for a 10. Yeah. Wow. Victor, I'm going to take it, of course. <laughs> 10 out of 10 there. Um, nice one. Uh, look, I, I felt very similar to you as well. I, I probably, um, yeah, I probably, as, as I mentioned, I, I hadn't considered that like ending, like the that little thing that music could have done all along uh so the entire run i'm going to give an eight i thought it was massively enjoyable um for issue run uh and as i said look maybe he does he's a a wordy guy but in no way does that detract from it uh the art i i enjoyed as well it wasn't bad at all uh for the issue four itself i will give it a uh i'll give it a seven out of ten uh oh no seven and a half that's fair seven and a half out of ten i i really enjoyed it i mean like color my my rating system is if it's really if it's really bad i still kind of give it a five um generally like issues that are enjoyable but you know don't go much beyond that i'd give like a six and a half seven so seven and a half is um i I enjoyed it a little bit more. Um, it was just really good. It was a nice little um, yeah. ca- character study, uh, and, it, and it rounded off the four issues really well. I'm unfortunately going to have to go opposite to you. I gave one out of ten for the Moon Knight appearance. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I'm not a Moon Knight fan, so yeah. I, I might be my my uh, my objectivity. I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I am on a Moon Knight podcast. <laughs> I don't want to upset you, you know, listeners, but no, no. I'm, I'm going to stand by what I said. Absolutely, uh, it's it's definitely. <laughs> 
Hey, look, it bumps up our average, well, so, <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy. Well, uh, I would yeah. say just, just the fa- his presence alone hmm. uh, has made I, – I have been meaning to read a bit more about a Moon Knight, so if it makes me into a Moon Knight fan as well, then yes. uh, oh, you know, what more can you ask for? Yeah. Carla, you are saying exactly all the right things um, right now. That, that's fantastic. The loonies will love it. Um, let, let me be the bad guy. One out of ten, I just thought, look, it's not essential. If you're a collector, look, you, you don't have to pick up – Really, you don't have to pick up this issue unless you really want to get every single appearance. Um, yeah, that was it. He didn't even have any dialogue. Um, uh, artwork, he was okay. Well, does he need it though? Does he oh, really no. need the dialogue? No, he, but no, I think <laughs> this this series is perfect for Moon Knight fans who've never read anything to do with Black Panther or specific, or especially with Shuri. So, mm-hmm. if you want to say, "Hey, look, uh, Moon Knight appears in this one series," you don't tell them when or where, but uh, <laughs> you say, "Look." Get into the series, and they'll read the first couple of issues thinking, oh, look, maybe he appears in, in uh, maybe three or four, because they're only showing one guest character per issue, maybe. I think Spider-Man maybe appears like maybe one and a half issues. Yeah. But so they'll think, oh, yeah, surely by, by issue four he's going to appear. Oh, there he is. Okay. <laughs> and, exactly. and then, But it's too late. You've sucked them in. You've made them into a Black Panther fan. That's it. That's just uh, – and, and I'm that's, okay with doing that. Well, that that's true. That's true as well. And like I say as well, look, it was really on the nose of like a guest per issue. Like literally it was clockwork. But I still enjoyed it, like, you know, because I love the fact that, you know, um, Shuri went to the Savage Lands, to Madripoor. And then, of course, she's looking for the Avengers. So um, – um, there's a shot of Spider-Man just with a self-made hammock of webs of sort. I loved it. He was eating yeah. a sandwich. It beautifully drawn. Um, all right, so Loonies, that uh, concludes this review. Uh, we've only just got a couple of bits of feedback here. Um, Carla, would I be able to trouble you for for maybe reading out one of them? If that's okay. Okay, so which... Um, the first one maybe from uh, maybe from the Facebook page. We've just got one. Oh, yes. Yep. The, the Dan Katz bit? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so not in my collection for that single panel of appearance of Mooney, but I'd love that Secret Avengers run uh, that they are trying to get in, into an omnibus for the first appearance of Mo- Mr. Knight. Mm-hmm. It was like a fun conclusion with tons of cameos, a good miniseries to point people to that want to see Shuri in action. Yep. I couldn't agree more, Dan. Thanks for that. I think it really does paint Shuri in a really good light. Um, it, You know, I, I just know her from literally the MCU, um, and, and I knew of her in the comic books as well, but I've never really read much of her stuff. So uh, this was a really good gateway to, to Shuri, I'd have to say. Yeah, so th- this is a bit of – this has been – like we're on the, the exact opposite, whereas I've never read a Moon Knight comic. <laughs> yeah, my introduction was basically apart from Moon Knight Core, which is, is an essential resource. Absolutely. But also from – uh, the the series I, I didn't mean to ask. Did you find the the series was true to the comics, or at least cl- true enough? Would that uh, be a good uh, introduction? Uh, the the essence was there. Oh, look, I, I I enjoyed the series. Um, there was it was very divisive. Uh, a lot of fans didn't because it, it, it departs greatly from the comic uh, in many ways. Oh, okay. But in, in in other ways, it it has the essence of it there. So um, yeah, I I enjoyed it. Um, I think it would get people excited for Moon Knight, but they, it's treading that fine line because then when people pick up the comics, it's nothing like the TV show. So that's a that's the only thing. Well, yeah. The same can be said with Shuri versus who. who um, well, I have said that there's, uh, there are definitely similarities. The mm-hmm. Shuri we see in the MCU is not the Shuri we see. Well, they're, they're different, very different characters. Okay. Uh, for, for for one thing, uh, Shuri hasn't uh, lost Black Panther, is it? He is injured. He yeah. is definitely de- de- uh, gravely injured and in a coma, and uh, someone's attacking. Uh, I believe it was Morlin, uh, oh. who's attacking Wakanda. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh, so did I? Did, uh, that's right. I didn't really talk about that, did we? How she became Black Panther? No. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Morlin, if you're familiar with the character, he's a totem hunter. He hunts yeah. people like Spider-Man. Anyone Weird. Who re- represents yeah. represents a, a, a like a an element or a, or mm-hmm. a type of animal. So he's yes. hunting Black Panther, but oh. there is no Black Panther because uh, T'Challa has uh, he's in a coma. He's been badly injured in a crash. So Shuri has to go and become the Black Panther. She's actually rejected by the Panther God, oh. and then later is accepted but she has to sort of prove herself first wow so that's yeah that's so cool actually because i really do i i'd I love uh spider-verse i love the inheritors and morlin and um you know solace so all you know the whole family there um the fact that he's hunting another totem uh just is awesome i think it yes. expands him yeah cool uh yeah. yeah so no thank you dan for that uh thanks for those comments please keep them coming in uh, just another one from facebook uh, our group and this is from uh Sakala, one of our valued uh, loonies here uh doug uh doug is part of a did system so um so we've been learning a lot about did through through doug uh, and lena um so can i ask yeah. what did is uh dissociative identity disorder so oh yes sorry of course yeah. yes yeah, so it's um, uh, so you have alters. So Moon Knight has Jake Lockley. He's got Jake Lockley, Stephen Grant, Mark Spector as alters, and of course Moon Knight as an alter. Um, and uh, yeah, that makes for a very interesting, a very interesting character. The Incredible Hulk. Uh, more, more recently, Bruce Banner has been said to have DID as well. Hence his different what, Hulk. What used yeah. to be called uh, multiple personality disorder, but yes. they call it DID now. Or yes, have for some time now. Uh, yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so uh, Doug writes in. I ended up reading the entire miniseries on Marvel Unlimited because I didn't want to feel lost jumping in at the end of the story. Very good. So did I. So did I. I hadn't heard of this miniseries before. Me neither. But it was a lot of fun and a well-told story. Agree. 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 Uh, I liked how each issue had a different guest star and location, but yet it didn't seem too forced. Uh, it felt like it was a natural progression within the story they were telling. As for this last issue. I'm a sucker for a good space story, so I loved it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, and I was really impressed by the complex characterization of Moon Knight and the vital oh, that's role. Got me. <laughs> yeah. And the vital role that he played in this issue. If you've read the issue, you will get the humor in that last sentence. Doug, thank you, Doug. Of course, yes. Moon Knight shone in this absolutely. Um, it, it, fair to say, uh, probably his best appearance yet. Um, but th- thank you so much, Doug, for that, uh, and thank you, Looney listeners. It's not too late as well. Get your comments in. Uh, let's get the discussion rolling. This is an obscure issue to talk about, but hey, it is a moonwalk, so uh, Moon Knight is in it. Uh, Carla, thank you so much for for coming no on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. How do you feel like the first uh, podcast appearance? Oh, I, I hope I have uh, have contributed as oh. as uh, to, to your expectations. Absolutely, and it was a, it's I'm. I appreciate being called upon. When you first sent me the message, my first response was, uh, is this a, a scam message or something through social media now? And I, realized, I, yeah. I had a look through the message. I'm like, oh, wait, no, okay. So a scam is not going to know about my uh, all my links uh, site. So, yeah. yeah, but no, when I found out, okay, this is legit. Oh, you actually want me to appear on something? Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't. just the fact that I've been noticed and been brought onto something, uh, I, I do appreciate it. I think, thank you for, for having me on your show. 
No, no worries, Carla. I think we actually you and I did chat online a few years ago because um, we we oh, really? have yeah we have mutual friends, um, mutual iron we do. Fist, uh, friends. Uh, iron I do friends. know the guys from the Sons of the Sons, Sons of the, of the uh, Dragon. Yes, yeah. So uh, we did we did um, have a little chat, but that was a few years ago. Um, but so I'm so glad to actually have returned and, and to have you on the show, uh, especially for you know um, a show about Black Panther and learning more about Shuri. Uh, so thank you. Uh, before you go. Any, no um, yeah, would there be any plugs? I know you have a massive pa uh, page. Uh, where can Lucas yes. find you? Okay, so if you want to, I've got a number of sites, Facebook pages, and uh, some other social medias. The main thing, the main page is allmylinks.com forward slash sage outsider. Outsider is in like the, the outsider from Dishonored. Mm -hmm. So sage outsider, and that's the same for my uh, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. Uh, but the allmylinks.com forward slash sage outsider, that will just direct you to all of my pages, including uh, a couple of meme pages. Uh, just be aware that if you do decide to follow me on social media, I post absolutely no content whatsoever. Uh, although I am going to be, there are some projects I'm working on. So if you do want any updates, that's where you would uh, get those updates from. Fantastic. Uh, and as always, uh, listeners will have Carla's links uh, in the show notes for you. Well, you've done all the hard work for us by having that all links uh, website there, Carla. Oh, yes. So awesome stuff there. Go check it out. It's really good. Chat about Black Panther, Iron Fist, anything comic-y. Um, get in there. Uh, also as well, just a bit of a shout out on our spectacles. Um, I was invited onto the Signal of Doom's 300th episode. Uh, that should be out very soon. Had a good Good old chat with the guys over there. Just a little bit of fun. All for your pop culture stuff. Go check that out. Um, a bonus episode for the Patreon members will be coming out soon before the end of the month. Uh, this time for your monthly bonus episode, I'm joined by DJ Nick from Happiness in Darkness. And we discuss one of the awesome films out there, Leon or The Professional um, by Luc Besson, starring uh, Jean Reno and Natalie Portman. Um, so, yep, so we had a lot of fun there. If, if you want to hear that discussion and things like that, please consider becoming a Patreon member. Uh, and finally, Spider Woman podcast. Um, yep, it's coming out soon. Uh, just got to, you know, tweak some knobs and, um, and organize with Saren, but we will get there. We're going to be covering uh, the start of Bendis' new Avengers, so I can't wait for that as well. Um, the next phase, loony listeners, it's going to be a waxing crescent. So if you look up into the moons, into the sky, you'll see the moon will be a waxing crescent and it will be a Lunar Peak Modern Run review. And I'm backtracking. Uh, we're going to go back to the Houston run um, of 2006 and 7. So Moon Knight Volume 5, uh, we're going to start looking at the arc of Midnight Sun. Um, so that will be fun. So keep your, your eyes and ears peeled out for that. I'll post up a discussion thread and we can get the discussion happening. As always, a big thank you to our Patronis. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. Odin, Frank, Daniel, Mario, Justin, Derek, Wayne, Josh, Anthony, Russell, Michael, Drew, Matthew, Jonathan, and Dan. Thank you so much for all your support. It just helps us prop up the show, um, able to do funky stuff. And if you want to become a Patreon member, just check out patreon.com slash Uh our big sponsors, a big thank you to Odin Odin Sword. Go check out Drinking Marvel Podcast. Frank the Think Tank, Dukes, uh, his podcast, I Want to Fight It Podcast with his uh, nephew, Pablo Candybar. Uh, Daniel Dewing's Fringe Night. Go support it at patreon.com slash fringe night 27. 
as well as CLZ Comics and Dreamland Comics. Use the code MOON and get 20% off their store. Finally, we're part of The Collective. Uh, a lot of great shows. Go check it all out. Uh, they're so cool. Gamma Charge, uh, the strongest podcast there is about the Hulk, uh, as well as the likes of, I'm going to say, Dread or Dead, Judge Dread. That's a, that's a cool one. Uh, and finally, I will shout out again, Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. Go check out their great stuff there. Finally, uh, on where you can find us and where you can contact us, uh, let me just sh- shove it up here. Um, send us an email at feedback at itkmoonlight.com. We've got the website as well, uh, as well as we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. The handle for all of them are the same, ITK Moon Knight. Um, so with YouTube, it's uh, youtube.com slash at ITK Moon Knight. Um, just check it out. Uh, yes, as well as uh, Podchaser. Get vocal discord as well we've got a discord channel that's going great guns too uh so with all that again carla thank you once again i, I hope maybe we can find a, a, a excuse to have you back on uh if you if you're well, willing oh uh, uh, i've had such a good time i would say yeah definitely definitely uh hit me up anytime i do have pages for also shang chi thor and iron fist so Ooh. If the I wouldn't say like I said I'm not an expert in these characters I'm just a fan but uh, Marvel characters in general uh, as long as it's one that I'm not well have read at least some of you're more than welcome to ask me on awesome Shang Chi I'm there I'm there if you want to yeah absolutely <laughs> and Thor as well I love Thor anyway I'm a big fan as you can tell uh, thank you listeners once again and as always may Conchu watch over the denizens of the night catch you later take care. and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners. Hello, I'm Anthony. And I'm Dr. Issues. And we're hosts of Capes on the Couch, the podcast where comics get counseling. Superheroes don't always get to go home happy. That's where we come in. We offer psychiatric and mental health analysis of comic book characters. So check us out at capesonthecouch.live and across all social media platforms at Capes on the Couch.